What is up and welcome to the latest edition of the Easy Smoke in the GM podcast. I'm Ezra McCann and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts. He's a public league legend. He's a Simeon legend. He's a Grambling State legend. He played second base there. He was all swag. He's Brandon Williams, a.k.a. Coach Smoke. And we've got the NFL draft guru. And don't forget the NCAA football 14 expert. What, 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 what do we call you, man? Champion, I thought, but you know, I mean, champion. Champion. no, 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 no. He's legend. You're, you're the oh, legend man. of NCAA legend. football. You can catch all this work at NBCSportsChicago.com and the My Team's app. He's Glenn Morgan. He's our GM. Gentlemen, how you doing? Doing, doing all right. Doing and good. don't forget to add next week, computer challenge, but computer persistent, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll, yeah, we're, we're working on that. We're working it's on growing, that. It's a growing list, ever evolving. <laughs> Uh, I know what you aren't, and and I and I'm not either. Um, you're not a you're not a bracket expert. <laughs> None of us, hey, man. Hey, hey, I'll have you know, I still got three of my final four guys available. That that's 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 good, man. I'm down two. I got two. I got two remaining, but there's no no shot in hell that um, that I have <laughs> a, a chance of winning anything. Well, so, uh, what you don't have Baylor in your final game? I I don't, man. I I messed up what? after after our podcast. I switched it. We, we'll get <laughs> oh. we'll get to that later. We'll get to that in a sec. We'll get to that in a sec. Let's All start right. with the Bulls, though. Uh, we've got the trade deadline looming. It's coming um, on the afternoon of the twenty fifth. So you know, hopefully some some moves can be made. But just to start off, why can't this team beat good teams? I uh, for the life of me, they they get out to huge leads. And then the fourth quarter comes, and they just shrink and and lose these games. What what what's up with them, man? Why why can't they hold on to these leads? I uh, I think you said it. <laughs> they shrink. <laughs> uh, they can't be good teams because they're not a good team yet. They're just slightly above average, and they shrink because kind of like the Grinch, their heart's too small. Ten size is too small. Um, I'm being a little mm-hmm. bit crude, but. I mean, really, man, there's nobody, and I don't know if you guys have paid attention a lot to our pre- and post-game shows on NBC Sports Chicago, but a lot of times the commentary usually revolves around there isn't a a person on the team who is like a Draymond Green who's going to verbally hold everybody accountable, Mm -hmm. who's going to personally get into everyone's face and challenge them and see if they're going to step up. You have a lot of really good guys who are extremely skilled. Yeah. But when it crunch comes to, you know, when it comes to crunch time, outside of Zach Levine, uh, several of these guys have a tendency to, it's not that they don't want to win. It's not that they're trying to win. They rush everything and, and they take bad shots and they make bad plays in terms of bouncing the ball off their foot, trying to do too much. And it's like, the moment gets bigger than what they're capable at this point of being able to handle because they've done something within their own mindset that they make it more than what it needs to be as, as opposed to just continuing to do what had gotten them the lead to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a matter of uh, insecurity in terms of not certain how they should go about doing what they're doing because they think the end of the game is something more so than what they've been playing through. Yeah, it's yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and I, I think it's a lot of the fact that they just don't really know how to win. They 
they get those leads, but when it comes down to those crutch time, crunch, clutch moments, like Glenn say, like GM say, they, they're rushing. They don't know how to slow the game down and, and control the pace of the game. Once that opposing, once the opponent gets to slowing everything down and making them play a half-court game, they're so caught up and still trying to play fast and how they got their lead. They don't know how to make that adjustment yet internally. I mean, Billy, Billy is doing what he can do. I mean, at the end of the day, those guys still have to execute, you know, and I think that's where the learning will continue to come from with this group. I think they're still learning how to win. Like they're, I think they perfected winning the games they're supposed to. They didn't perfect it. I'm not going to say they perfected it. We do a really but, good job of it. But they're doing, doing they're yeah. doing a good job at winning the games they're supposed to win. But the next step is winning those close games against really good teams that you have a good chance to win. And and we're not there yet. We we Zach is a Zach is an all star, but he still doesn't know how to take over those type of games where he's not the best player on the floor. Like, so how, what does he have to do, in my opinion, to get the team? And I think the point of not having a guy that's going to be in these guys' face and hold these guys accountable is huge. I think every team needs guys like that. Like, because it it's, if we had a guy like Draymond, it's no doubt in my mind, Draymond is going at, at Zach. Like, dude, you're the guy on this team. We need you to do X, Y, Z. Like, you're the man. Like instead, everyone is just watching Zach, expecting Zach to do something, and and not really playing basketball. It just it, it gets to a point where they're stopping and watching. Is that is that guy on this roster? I mean, should it be a, a, a Thaddeus Young or a Garrett Temple? Who who could be that guy? Thad has never really been a vocal guy, though. Uh, maybe Temple, but I don't see it in him either. I mean, I know it can't it can't be the younger guys. I mean, Carter has zero confidence in himself, so yep. he can't talk to anybody. Um, I don't know if I don't know if Sato has a a, a strong enough. Um, <laughs> they not no. listening to Sato. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, saying, I'm trying to think. I can't. I can't think Whoa. anybody. No, that that person isn't on this roster. Yes, exactly. That person. Well, how do you? How do you? I don't. Who who could become that guy though? Somebody that's not on a roster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to get somebody else. I mean, yeah. Take, take take the Knicks for example. The Knicks are pretty much a reflection of their head coach at this point. They are a mentally tough team. The Knicks are winning games, and I don't think they're as talented as the or skilled as as the Bulls are. I think they have a, a different mindset. I think they have mm-hmm. a a dogged mindset most of what the Bulls do. The Bulls have a bunch of nice guys. The Bulls, when the Bulls lose, you see one or two reactions. You either yeah. see them act like, all right, well, you know, we play tomorrow, or their heads they down. Pout, or they pout. Yeah. They pout. Yeah. They pout. They grown ass men who pout. I don't mean to be disparaging, but they pout. Like Zach will get like frustrated and you know he wants to say a whole bunch of stuff, but he mm-hmm. likes his teammates. He doesn't want to be disrespectful. And just gonna try really hard to make it happen next time. Yeah. Okay, and and that's the most we see. Dad doesn't say much. The veterans are like, you know, been there, done that. You know, we're kind of here. You know, not only are playing out the string, but it's not it's not 
it's not as vital to them. And marketing could care less, clearly. <laughs> and well, who, Colby, wait, wait, Colby who, who is he going to talk to, though? No, no, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm not saying anybody's saying anything. I'm saying the reaction is a, is, is team wise situ, it's, it's a team wise situation where they either pout collectively or they have more of a laissez faire attitude where it's like, I, right, we got a game tomorrow or day after tomorrow. So you know, we'll, we'll yeah. try day after tomorrow. They don't get upset. Now you take the mm-hmm. Knicks for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's the brother's name? Who Julius was Randall. Thank you, Julius Randall. Julius Randall. his damn mind. Going after a ref, I think a game or two ago. Yeah, when he actually the, traveled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. But he was PO and he cared. And I'm not saying that what he did was the right way to go about doing it, but, but, but he wore on the yeah, sleeve. Yes. And his yes. teammates had to come and like hold him back. But you see, when they play, they all get after it. And you you mm-hmm. feed off of that. And you know, think about the Bulls we had back in the 90s, you know even the first iteration of winning a championship, those weren't like the Knicks or the Pistons in terms of guys getting in your face, but you knew Michael was holding everybody accountable. Mm-hmm. And you knew Scotty cared and you knew Horace cared and you knew Cartwright cared because Cartwright threatened George. If you do that again, I'll break your fucking legs. <laughs> you know, so, so, and that was in practice. So, so you knew these guys cared. And even with the second iteration, guys like Steve Kerr are fighting Michael back. You know, he got punched in the eye for it, but hey, you're fighting Michael Beck and you do yeah. Dennis Rodman care. So these guys were professional, they held themselves accountable. There was a mentality of toughness there, even though they didn't come across as, you know, in your face guys, so to speak. This is Bulls it, team, this iteration. They, I don't know. I don't think it's that they don't care. I'm not I, saying I, don't, I don't, don't think, he sa- I don't think he's saying they don't care. No. That's the point. They don't, we don't have that aggressive personality on the team. Okay. That's the thing. Right. Like, hey, like Julius, like what, what makes the Knicks good is their best player is the most aggressive mentality with the, like has the most aggressive mentality in Julius Brandon. Like he's always, he's, he's playing with a, with an edge of aggression on his side versus our best player. Zach is playing with the edge of, I'm just better than you. Right. Like I'm just more talented than talented to you but Julius Randle is playing I'm gonna make you feel me and I'm talking about physically feel me right. not feel these buckets I'm giving you're gonna feel this body banging you up and that's and that's the thing we don't have that mentality where we can physically impose our will on our opponent we just have to be better than our opponent right. have a better game than our opponent if you take the Phoenix Suns for example they're not uh, aggressive in terms of Julius Randle type of aggression. But Chris Paul, you can tell his mindset is like, nope, we're not losing this game. He's holding everybody accountable. He gets in people's face. We may not see it, but you can feel it. And you can tell as good as Phoenix was playing last year in the bubble, they've taken it to another level now after they got Chris Paul. And Chris Paul is not what he used to be because he's an older player, obviously. But that that team plays with a different focus and mindset we saw when they played us we had them down mm-hmm. yeah, and it, that was, yeah, at no that point was did, right no right, exactly but at no point did you see phoenix stressing you didn't see anybody pouting you see anybody with the head down they had a focused determination and that's what seems to be missing we don't have that focused determination throughout the team actually not even between two different players it, you know mm-hmm. it's just you know jack is the person like you said he's the most talented guy out there so he, he's going to make them feel those buckets in terms of I can score, you can't stop me. 
that's fantastic for Zach, but the rest of the guys, they're not there. And sure. even like you said, Zach still has a pinch it for turning the ball over late, and it gets in his yeah. head a little bit. So then is is that a is that a learned characteristic or is that something that you have to go or go out and get? That's one of those intangibles that you just gotta have, in my opinion. I, I think I, it's C. I think it's both A and B. Because uh, because what were the Knicks? The Knicks were a lousy team. I mean, they were they had a, a culture of losing. <laughs> and you can't tell me those guys were all like all for one or one for all before Tibbs got there. So I but think I, it but I will say I will say Julius Randle has always had an aggressive mindset though. Sure, no doubt. But we're talking the team. Yeah, Collect, collectively the team, and he could have that. But other guys are like, yeah, whatever, man, do you? But gotcha. Tibbs gets there, and it's like it's you know it's something that comes from the coach. Yeah, you know it, it does, and and I think this team what they show in terms of their reflection of, of, of Billy Donovan is they have a certain precision about them, especially on offense. There, there's a certain precision when they're going good. They, because look, man, these guys are scoring. I mean, we're like, wow, they, they didn't score like this the last several years, but now they're able to score. They, they execute well at times. It's like, man, I mean, dude, they're getting 20 point leads and 15 point leads on these teams. Yeah. And it's not all fast breaks. A lot of it is just execution. But something happens down the stretch, and I don't know if Billy is like trying to let them learn or what. But to answer your question or your or your query, or should they go out and get something? I think they need to go out and they need to find somebody to come in you know, with that mindset. But it's got to be somebody who's had some success, and they don't necessarily have to be better than Zach or even at his level. But they have to be able to be respected, and the accountability factor coming from them. People have, they have to be believable. The teammates have to believe them. If they're not believable, it's like someone coming in and just shouting, you tune them out after two or three games. Yeah, I, I feel like it has to be uh, an established guy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, going into the trade deadline, by the way, they, they're talking about um, their teams that are trying to offer a first-round pick for that. Um, yeah. I guess I would, I would consider that. But sure. I don't think this team needs any more younger, younger players, right? At this point, they need uh, an established veteran to come in and and really lead the way and, and help Zach to get to that that next level uh, from just an all star to being hopefully a, a, a superstar in this league. Um, you, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, one thing I did see rumor wise and it, it kind of slipped my mind until you just said uh until the conversation we just had about an aggressive mindset and all this stuff and the veteran. <laughs> I saw that they said the Bulls was interested in going after Westbrook. I do. And no, Westbrook has gotten a bad rep over the past couple years. But I really believe he is that player that one, he's going to give you something offensively. He's going to get his assists. He's going to hustle for rebounds, and he's going to score points. Yes, he's going to take some ill-advised shots that you're going to be like, definitely. But he's also going to cuss your ass out. <laughs> and he played for Billy Donovan. Exactly. Like now, like really sitting and just listening to our conversation right now, it really is like 
damn Lonzo, damn, damn DeRozan from what I'm hearing now. Yeah. How about we go make that move? Because thinking back on the on the Phoenix point, I remember when Billy first came over and they were saying Billy wanted Chris Paul to come to Chicago. Yeah. And me, I'm I've said it before. I'm not the biggest Chris Paul fan. Me, I I have my own issues with Chris Paul, but I do respect what he has done over the past couple years for OKC and what he's doing now for sure with Phoenix. And now it's like I can't help but think, like, damn, with how well we're playing offensively and stretches of games, if we had Chris Paul, would we be like Phoenix? (laughs) <laughs> yeah we'd be you know, it's, it's it's hard to it's hard not to have that that vision like whoa but wouldn't 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 lonzo be closer to a chris paul than than a west same, same but he, he he's he's very i know he he's, he's 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 so he's not gonna be the non-verbal voice. Yeah, that's I'm why i would not gonna be the voice at all but i mean he'll be able to i know he'll be able to share the basketball well with zach I don't yeah. know if Westbrook would be able to do the same. Though, I mean, Bradley Beal averages over 30 points a game. So now yeah. they don't they don't win in Washington, but well, they uh, they they speed it up a little bit. I got blown out tonight by the Knicks, but and they're yeah. not as talented as the Bulls. I mean, look, man. Yeah, that's we've, true. We've we've won most of our games without marketing. And later for that, you can lose me with him. I mean, seriously, dude. <laughs> I've never seen somebody seven feet tall play like he's six foot even. I mean, <laughs> that dude, so inferior. It's like, man, you know, him, Carter, Thad, what, you know, and I like that, but, you know, whatever you can get for them, and if you can, you know, package hey, that uh, for. You, see, you think, saying Thad, see, here's put Otto ass in that mix. Yeah, Otto is a waste. He's a, he's oh, Otto too. Look, hey, y'all can add some more people. I'm just, I'm just saying to me about top of my head. Yeah. I mean, get whatever you, the Bulls are in a situation I right now it's, where it's I, like they can get anything for a lot of people that they have. Get them. I think it's important. I think fat is important to, to this team getting, getting to the playoffs. I, and I think that's a, that's a huge deal for this season. The Bulls need to go in and, and, and try to experience uh, eh, a playoff it, run. This, this team, this is reminds it, me. You you said you said before this team reminds you of the Glenn. You said it reminds you of the 05 Bulls, the Baby Bulls. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. They did earlier. I think it reminds me of the 2009 Bulls, Derrick Rose's rookie year. But they, they were, were able... a better team, though. Were they? Yeah, and, as, a, and, as a team, yes. And they had the element that we're discussing. They had the element but, where players gonna hold each other accountable. You, you but I'm saying, but I'm saying, oh, they weren't able to. Gordon. They were able to get Derek, and they got Noah. That was that was Noah's first playoffs, I believe. Um, right. They got those guys some playoff experience, so that when that next season came, that was a better team, bro. You thought Heinrich Dang and Gordon are better than what we have right now. Well, no, no, no. I understand that. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I'm saying, though, that playoff experience for those younger guys on that team But here's, really I, I hear what you're, 
Because remember, remember that. Remember the the next year, Gordon was gone, Heinrich right. was gone. Uh, so really, only Dang remained from the 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 mid two thousand teams, uh, right? For the for the the 20, 2010, 2011 run. Right. So uh, that's that's why I just think the the playoffs are so important. And Thad is a guy that's going to help you get there. If you lose Thad this year, I think that but, the playoff but, race is done. But, I, I think you don't just throw that away, but it, for the right piece, Thad has but, but to they're go. Saying, but they're saying Thad is, is, is you know, they're only getting a draft pick back for Thad. I don't think Thad, Thad is, would, a part of the, is a part of the uh, the Lonzo talks. or like or See, I wouldn't give that away for just a draft pick. I'll go Thad for it. It'll have to be like a, a piece that's going to help the team now, like this season. Right. But like – I, I say that is the one that you don't just give away. Like I, I damn that give out of away right now. Yeah, he, yeah. I don't, I don't. You don't. You don't need out. He, he he's he's like. Though he did, he did score. He scored what twenty the other night. Though. He scores a lot in pointless ass games. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the scoring when we need them to do it? I can't, I can't argue that. You, uh, <laughs> you are exactly right about it. When that. we need them to do it, where's the score? Yeah, you're right. Well, let, let me ask you this. and I, I hear you saying, and I don't necessarily agree that the playoffs are important for this team. And I'm like, is it really because who on this team really is going to be here next year? I mean, Zach. I think every – yeah, outside of Zach. The, the Zach team, and Pat is probably the only – Those are the only definites. Right. And I think those guys are good enough that even if they don't make the playoffs this year or they go to the playoff play in game and they lose or whatever the case is, I'm not tripping because I think most of these cats won't be here. So it's like learn to play with these guys and guys aren't going to be there. It's like mm-hmm. You need to have well, a I don't think it's not it's not necessarily learning to play with guys. It's it's more of getting a feel for what playoff basketball is about. Yeah, but it, like, like the example you gave, Dang was the only one that remained, but Noah was going to still be here, and you knew right. Noah that's was what, still right. Be they, here. they were younger, hadn't been to the playoffs. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I'm not worried about this year. To me, this year is whatever you do. I feel like there's some progress has been made, but I really think this is a year where the GM, the new GM, and the head coach could be like, all right, this is what we got, this is what we need, yeah. this is what we can let go. Yeah, one thing, yeah, one thing I've seen from this year that that I want to take to, I think, I think we've shown other guys around the league that we can be a desirable destination. Yes. I think. I and that. and that and that is something we haven't been. Right. We haven't right. been. You know, so so that's the main positive for me. I I will take that over getting to the playoffs this year. But you don't think getting to the playoffs will help that? Yeah, it would. It would. But good. You packing some of them draft picks, you get a, a, another uh, lottery pick, and whatever you trade away, get all those picks. Package those picks either to move up to get you a better draft pick, top five or whatever, or package it to get some some guys who 
you don't have to worry about them being free agents. They're still on the contract. You make a trade and you bring them in and you create a culture that way. And then you resign them or something. But I don't know. It's just frustrating, man. And it's crazy because I was so much more positive at the beginning of the season about the Bulls <laughs> than you guys were. And now I'm sour because they are frustrating the hell out of me. How hell out of me. And it's, 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 it's the Bears' you. fault. And it's the Bears' fault. <laughs> but I told you, the Bulls, it's going to be a lot of this. Lies with them. You're only one one win away from uh from your 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 beef sandwich from uh from Portillo. So you should be <laughs> you should be pumped up about that. Man, dude, watching the Jazz just play Tilly Winks on us yesterday, <laughs> like and Go Bear. It's like me making Go Bear look like he got game down low. I'm like, man. Hey, but that's an, I, we talked about that issue already with us, oh. like. That's, That's just a, yeah. Well, well no, we I don't think we, we haven't brought up Carter yet. He good, man. I'm I'm done with that dude, man. Yeah, Carter marketing. See, uh, Lionel Richie, all them guys can go. See, man. my thing is if if, Cleve, <laughs> if Cleveland didn't have twelve bigs over there, I would be talking to Cleveland to get Drummond for Carter and marketing. But hell, they got. Six other guys that's they damn size, so they don't want them. So <laughs> you can cancel that. Maybe, maybe we should go after Hassan Whiteside. No, you don't think so? No, nah, dude, he's very limited. I, you know what, man? I don't know who I mean, the cat is that's in the he, league right now. Hey, hey, you know, one thing I haven't really noticed with our team has any has anybody got thrown out of game? I think one. Blair didn't did, did that I, I don't remember. No, you're right. I don't remember one. No. At least I at least I can count on Hassan. Oh, no. That was Toronto. He got thrown out playing the Bulls, the, the point guard. That's how I thought. Lowry. Yeah, Lowry got yeah, yeah, Lowry. Into, into the game. Right. Yeah. At, at the end of the game. Yeah, I thought yeah. I said, no, I thought somebody got thrown up there. Yeah, that was the other team. See, one yep, day, no. Hassan <laughs> getting killed enough, he gonna hack the shit out of somebody. Yeah, he gonna <laughs> He gonna get him a flagrant too. <laughs> hey, but man, yeah, get, I don't know, man. It's, give, give me that big dude from Loyola, man. That they said it. Right, Loyola right, right. Hey, he looks yeah. like a baby Joker, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, with the with the slow motion moves. Slow motion moves, passing out the post. <laughs> the little Bulls jump hook going. Lakers, huh? <laughs> Got the little jump hook going. Hey, he was looking nice. Oh man. Lonzo Ball, if the, if that happens, is that a good thing? Uh, I'm okay with it, but we need something besides Lonzo. He ain't the only part of that. He he can't be the he can't be the main aspect. Of, well, how can I split this? He can't be the only part of that solution. It's got to be Lonzo. I'm not saying somebody else from the Pelicans, but Lonzo and something else or something else because it's mm. the same problem, the same demeanor. It's the same. Yes, I think it helps facilitate. You know, the offense, I think you get better ball control, which has been an issue for us. I think you take the ball out of Zach's hands so he doesn't turn it over trying to do too much. I think Zach can become that much more efficient and effective, and that's fantastic. However, we still got the same problem when it comes to, you know, holding people account accountability and in your face and in somebody, you know, believing and feeling – like, all right, I got to step – like, you know, like Draymond comes – like, what was it? Draymond was tripping because Steve uh, Stephen Curry got in somebody's face. He's like, oh, okay, that, that's unusual. I, I like that. 
you know, we need somebody that's going to do that, man. I mean, this team needs that. It, it, it's been a team of nice guys for a really long time. And, yeah, and I'm just sitting trying to think of who who could be that guy. Uh, Honestly, throughout the Westbrook. league, and, and I think Westbrook, Westbrook or Kyle Lowry. Two guys. Kyle Lowry. I'll take Westbrook. He's more. Athletic. I'll I'll take I'll take Westbrook over Kyle Lowry, but I'm but those are the only two that I can think of that teams are probably willing to part ways with that that would be that type of voice coming over. I don't see there being anyone else that we could possibly get that that could that could fill that void. And with Westbrook, you're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting a guy that can produce and facilitate as well as hold people accountable. Now, it's going to be on Billy to hold his ass accountable because right. <laughs> it's going to take somebody to hold him accountable as well. But but he will bring that feistiness to the team that we don't have. How was, how was their relationship in OKC? I never heard it be negative, but that doesn't mean it wasn't. Um, I, I think Westbrook is as much. I don't want to say mature. That sounds kind of sinning, but I think as he's gotten older, he's he's become more and more wise in terms of knowing who he is, uh, what he brings, and where his game is now. And I think he's really aware of how sometimes his ability to burn in terms of energy and everything sometimes had a negative effect although he didn't intend for it to be that that way Mm -hmm. i think he's become more aware of that and more i don't say resigned but more i think he's i think he's holding himself a little bit more accountable and i think he's pulled back a little bit just a little bit and as, as allowing you know what he can bring to be more helpful in an assertive way without being uh overly you know uh I won't say negative, but overly demonstrative in a in a way that it, it, it turns people off. Well, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Straight deadline is Thursday afternoon, and uh, I think they're gonna stand pat personally. But we, I agree. Yeah, we shall. <laughs> we yeah. shall see. Hey, let's move on to the NCAA tournament, college hoops. <laughs> My bracket is gone. <laughs> Said that earlier in the show. It's it's over. A lot of lot of red X's <laughs> on my bracket. Uh, Glenn, you look better than me. I think I think I'm beating you in points right now. But you look you look right. better. Than me. I I definitely screwed up doing the bracket. I did it on the wrong thing, and yeah. So, but I did one. But yeah, it ain't it ain't worth a damn. So. <laughs> yeah, I messed. I messed. So I messed up. I, I said on the podcast last week I was gonna uh, I was gonna ride with Baylor to the Final Four. Yeah, yeah. Out of the what what region is that? Out is of that the, the, uh, the there in the South. The South, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna ride with Baylor. I was up late and going through some things, and I messed up, and I put Ohio State. Mm-hmm. All the way to the final four, and they lose in the first round, man. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, Illinois losing to Loyola, which I I I I said Loyola will play them tough, but I I didn't expect that. I mean, they they got Illinois just got whooped from from 
open a tip to the uh, to end of the game. But I, I did not see that coming, not not one bit. So it's a crazy, crazy tournament, man. You, you guys yeah, see any I, any upsets that got got to you guys? I take that back. I got two of my four remaining. Yeah, I thought I had. Uh, I thought I had Kansas. I forgot they lost to USC. I didn't see that coming. So, <laughs> so to speak on that, USC looks like the best team in college basketball. Really? That's crazy. Oh my God. Did you see the game yesterday? I did. So, so I was watching the Bulls game. <laughs> and at halftime of the Bulls, I flipped over to the Kansas USC oh, game. Oh my God. And USC was up 20. In the so second I had, half, and I was like, so, oh, my good, that's crazy. So I had, a, I had a parlay going. Of course, that was the last game of the night. I, I had wins. I was good. I had to rely on that game. I picked Kansas because I hadn't seen USC play at all. Right. And from the start of that game, I was like, well, I might as well say – I'm looking at the app to see if they give me an early cash out because I'm like, it's no way Kansas beat this team. Them Mobley brothers – Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm like, how how were they a six seed? I the the seedings overall, I think, would kind of weird. Were, yeah. Like they like, man, if you want the, the committee clearly got got the seedings for this tournament wrong. Yeah, yeah. But the of course the biggest upset, of course, has to be or Roberts over. Over uh, Ohio State, wow. even though Oral Roberts won a second round matchup as well. I mean, but that one, yeah. that one, that one started the downfall for uh, <laughs> for, most for everybody. <laughs> for everybody. Now, me on one hand, I lost the very first game of the day. I picked Virginia <laughs> Tech over uh, over Florida. So that's not that's not so, bad. That's not awful. Yeah, but I, I, wow. I lost I lost the very first game of the day. But then when that Ohio State loss came, I was like, oh, wow. And then, then it was, who was next? I know Texas lost Abilene Christian. And, yeah. uh, the crazy thing, only only one of my upsets won. I had Ohio. That's the only upset that I had that won. I had UC Santa Barbara beating Creighton. Yeah, I, I had some reason, yeah. for some reason these – Cats is loving to stay on that plantation because they keep winning. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and and although I, I had Illinois win it at all. Oh wow! But really? I did. I, I I was a homer. I was being a homer. I did. Yeah, I was too. I was being a homer because I, I really didn't watch much college basketball this year. But I, I as we stated last week, I was very mad that they had Illinois playing Loyola so early like and i told everybody before that game i said listen loyola is battle tested they still got guys from that final 14 right on the roster like they're battle tested like i i was talking to my mom i'm like you know what happened a lot of people like including myself picked illinois because they're in a bigger conference that's it and like, I'm not surprised at all that Loyola beat them. I'm not shocked at all. Like, I wasn't even mad watching the updates because I was coaching at the time. But I was watching the updates of the game, and I was like, well, I kind of thought this would happen. But but I picked Illinois because they were in the big team. 
the way the way Loyola played, they would have won that game nine out of ten times, man. Yeah, it was, I they, agree. They played mm-hmm. that well. Um, it, that wasn't it wasn't a fluke. Yeah, Illinois. I mean, Illinois didn't 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 play well. Io didn't have the best of best of days. Um, Io not a big time player. Tim, Tim Frazier uh, didn't shoot the ball well, uh, and they you know they really couldn't get the ball down the Co- Coburn as much as I'm sure they wanted to. But yeah, Loyola Loyola's good, man. I, you can't take anything away from them, man. They they, they should have been a higher seed. They should have been. They should have. They they were ranked. Right. They were ranked seventeenth. In the, Early in the country, uh, in the in the country, going into the tournament, they should have been a a, a, a four, three at or least. four. A, yeah, yeah. They they should be treated like Gonzaga's treated. You know, like yeah. not so not so much Gonzaga right now, but Gonzaga like five years ago. Yeah, no, totally agree. That brings this up. Porter Moser is going to be on everybody's list um, for 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 head coaching vacancies. If you're Porter Moser, do you try to? build Loyola to be the next Gonzaga at this point. I would. If they're paying me, I would. Yeah, it's all about the money. It's all about the money. Because right now, they're the kings of Illinois. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Without getting the top-line talent, per yeah. se. Just think if he actually got two more guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think part of his success, or part of the key to a team like Loyola, or even the Gonzagas having that success, is that typically those players stay three years, two years, mm-hmm. four years. You know, they stay more than one year. Right. Um, and I think at Loyola, he may get one or two more players, but if he starts getting those four or five-star type kind of guys, mm-hmm. will those guys actually stay more than one year? I don't know. But I, I, so, so what I'm saying is his success may entail still getting those three, four-star guys that will stay three years. That might be where his success lay. And when he goes somewhere else and he may be able to recruit a little bit better, but will those guys stay there long enough and will he have that same yeah. success? Because I think some of his success derives from the continuity that he mm-hmm. establishes with these players who stay more than one year. Interesting. I don't know. Um, but I, I think, you know, there's no reason to go to DePaul. Nope. <laughs> you know, Illinois is not going to let the head coach go anytime soon. So unless it's a, a bigger school, out of state, and again, I, I don't know how he's how his recruiting is, you know, nationally. Why not stay at Illinois? Why not become the Gonzaga of the Midwest? Yeah, I completely agree. You're in a great, you're in a better talent base than Gonzaga is. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you you got more to recruit from in the in Chicagoland area alone than Gonzaga has for two or three states, unless they start you know, recruiting kids out of mm-hmm. California. So yeah, and, and so. And just asking you guys, I know DePaul is considered to be a really good academic school. Am I wrong? No, you're correct. Yeah. Loyola is there about, yes. about the same, right? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, They're about the same, right? Okay, yeah, like equitable. Like if I'm him, like with Loy- with DePaul firing their coach, because I know a Ma Bynum out of Simeon had committed to DePaul. I'll be on the phone with him right now. Hey. Huh. Check us out. Look, look, like, like, look what we just did. Like, come on, man. We prep. We what? Three years removed from a Final Four appearance. Probably going. Got a hey, good shot. Got a good shot at going back. Here's the here's the one the one thing. Got a good shot at going back. 
one thing that DePaul has over Loyola is uh, is television exposure. DePaul's really? got that. Well, yeah, yeah, they've got A the Big East contract with Fox, so they're right. on. You know, they're on FS1 constantly. Loyola is they've got a, a, a local deal. Right. Uh, well, the only thing, I guess the Missouri Valley is on regionally, but how many, you know, how many homes are they in? Yeah. You know, that's, hey, that's, strike, that's the one difference. Strike a deal with schools. Strike a deal with NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah, think I, we show, we show, we show. I was about games. to say, it looked like Loyola yeah. games already, show, I think, come on games. NBC. Like so, I mean, man, I I think he's just like you say, make Loyola the Gonzaga of college of, of the Midwest. Like, yeah. I'm trying to and see eventually, eventually, if they continue to be successful, like Gonzaga, one of them top five star guys will will drop in, and things will start to change. Cause cause the West, what the Gonzaga's in the West Coast Conference, right? Uh, yeah, uh, West Coast, yeah, 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 yeah. That conference still whack, whack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so why, why not Loyola? You know, yeah, like, so what, let me let me ask this what, 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 what's the number that that is too good to to uh to pass up in terms of his contract? You mean, yeah, yeah, three million right so now. Got, uh, I can't. I can't find an uh, an exact number for what he's making now. I think he's like, is he like one point something million? Hmm. I double it. Whatever he's getting right now, I double it. If it's like one point five. I double it to three. If it's two point oh, I double it to four. And two point five. But for, I but for him, but for him though, he says, okay, I'm in a in a position where I'm building something something strong. Uh, I'm sure they provide housing for him. Um, I'm sure they give him a car and all that. He's in Chicago. He's he's from Chicago. You're yeah. in a in a in a big city. Yeah. Um, you know the, those pluses in that. Yeah. Is that does that does that you know sort of balance out the? It just depends the on the person you are. It depends on you as a person. I think he has children, right? And if they're still does, going to yeah. school, then that 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 probably plays a big factor in him maybe not wanting to leave right now either. Mm-hmm. So a smart negotiator will factor that in, not outwardly, but factor that in when negotiating with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe provide something that helps, you know, accentuate that aspect of that family life that he wants to maintain while being in the Chicagoland area, whatever that might be. That's where the creativity comes in. But um, I mean, I just look at, again, we mentioned Gonzaga. I just thought back to Butler. Butler went to what, two Final Fours? Yeah, a national uh, championship two, game. Two, two, two national championship two games. Back to back, back to back, right? I believe so. And then that coach bounced to the NBA. So, a point being, if it could be done at Butler, which is in Indiana, if it could be done at Gonzaga, which is in the state of Washington, I believe, correct? Yeah. Yep. Why can't it not be done in the Chicagoland area? Yeah. My only my my main concern is that Loyola administration don't don't disrespect the man. I don't like, think they will. 
Like, and that's the thing. Like, like he's he's worthy of an increase. You know, honor that. Like, but I and on the flip side, when it comes to Moser, like, don't be a shocker smart. <laughs> leave, leave, leave too soon thinking you're ahead of yourself. And then Texas. Is, he got he got that Texas money though, man. He did, but he about to get that Texas fired because he can't get past. He can't get out the first round. I get a Texas boot. <laughs> hey, but if they 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 paying him what what's what's, they, what's shocking man? My five million a year. That's cool, and he, he just gotta, lost to Avalanche Christian. <laughs> he did. Like uh, he's had he had more success in the tournament at VCU than he's had at Big Time Texas. You know, I don't think Moser will because Moser had an opportunity to leave after his first Final Four. Yeah, he run. turned up. So I'm, I'm reading here. He, he turned down Minnesota. two million from uh, St. John's. Oh, mm-hmm. St. John's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I, Big I, East. So yeah. So that knocks the Paul out. Clearly, he don't care for that. If, if I'm sensing something here, Loyola and the Paul's been brought up at St. John's. All these are Catholic institutions, correct? Mm, yes. yes. Yeah. So, so religion and family are probably central to probably a lot be. of who he is. So, I think that it's not likely he's the kind of person that's going to make a jump for money grab. He's going to try and do what's right for his family. Mm. You know, I think he's going to stick to that, and it's also stick to something that can be as close to um, his spirituality as he can be. So, you know, school like Kentucky, he's never going to go there. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but but a program you know that's midwestern values, that kind of stuff. I can see maybe something like that can can could appeal to him. School like Iowa might be able to recruit, pull him away if Iowa wanted to go in a different direction. Something like that, you know what I'm saying? Something kind of homespun in a way, something where he doesn't necessarily have to appeal to crazy boosters, yeah. you know. Boosters that have, you know, questionable ethics. Loyola's a better job than Iowa. Um, but he could, you know, you go to Iowa, that's Big Ten, you can make it a better job. Yeah, but you got to live in Iowa City. Yeah, but we're talking about a guy who has those Midwestern values. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Chicago he, is a great Midwestern town. Not saying it's not. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, no, I would I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just messing with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I could probably pay him more. You know what I'm saying? But, but I just threw that out there. But I'm just saying, I, I think Moser has kind of shown that. I think to some degree. So, so we'll see. We'll see. And let's move on to the the downside of of what's going on with the tournament. Um, there were some um, some tweets that came out or some um, photographic <laughs> evidence sad, that dude. showed that the, the uh, <laughs> college men and college women are, are not being treated equally at these, at these tournament sites right now. That's um, an understatement. <laughs> man. The, men, the men are in Indianapolis. <laughs> the women are in San Antonio. Uh, so they did uh, a shot of the weight rooms for uh, the men, which was the, just had these just elaborate you know setups um right. i guess in a in a um in a i guess conference room like a huge hotel space yeah. conference room right like convention type convention, room. yeah <laughs> yeah 
convention center. So they had this this great setup for the men, and then the women had like one dumb station of barbell. Yeah, dumbbells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the kind my wife has upstairs right it, now. It, like, <laughs> like it, boy. They they show wait, they show uh, they showed the uh, the food that was that was uh, prepared for both the men and the women. The uh, the men had these you know great gourmet spreads it looked like, and the women had basically box lunches with with Salisbury steak like you got um, at your at your elementary school uh, lunch counter. Um, and then what else? There was another thing. Uh, oh, the swag bag. The men's swag bag, you know, was just, you know, just loaded with just great stuff. The women had, you know, just the the, the little backpack and, um, you know, just a couple of little trinkets in it. So um, just, just, just optics wise does not yeah. look good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don, Don Staley put out a, uh, put out a, a open letter just to, just to say how, you know, appalling it was. Uh, that this happened, and um, I guess the NCAA tried their best to uh, to address it. I guess they gave the women some uh, some extra weights, and uh, they're they're looking into what's going on. But yeah, this that's right. just ridiculous. Like how like how do you do that? Like now, I'm one that typically when like, I play college baseball, so if anyone throughout the country know how college baseball is treated throughout college sports, you know that college baseball, even at the big schools, get the shitty end of the stick compared to base basketball and football. Right, right. But like, so I typically like never really have sympathy for when people complain about stuff because I was a college baseball player. We don't even get full scholarships in baseball. So like, you know, like, come on now, but it is what it is. But this... <laughs> Come on, NCAA. That was Come bad. on. Come on, man. Food and weights. You you really like like come on. Like come like when that when that girl from Oregon posted that video, I oh, said she's man. lying. It's no way this <laughs> I said she's lying. It's this has gotta be fake. This gotta be fake. And then she showed the whole empty space. The whole empty space. <laughs> I say, I say the NCAA, like, like, do y'all want, like, Title IX is real. Like, what, yeah, like, yeah. like, do y'all want a lawsuit? <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, because I don't know. When it comes should to they the be nothing weights? Should, no, no. Oh. <laughs> when it comes to the tournament and things of that nature, and you talk about the swag bag and the food that these guys had and the weight room, how much of that is sponsorship driven? Because if they're not getting the same kind of sponsorship dollars, is the money there to be able to support? I'll give you know what? I'll give you the swag back for that. Maybe the swag okay. is all sponsored. Okay. And so, you know, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. The weight room thing, there's there's no excuse yeah. for that. Because so all the money, all the money that's generated from the, the men's tournament mm-hmm. is then divvied out to everyone else. So the women in based on Title Nine. Should get the same uh, amenities as as the men do, so that's not that's not an excuse. No. Okay. I can't I can't give them that. I tried uh, to get. I t- yeah, I can't, yeah. The swag <laughs> the swag bag maybe because those okay. are those are yeah. gifts. Yeah, I'll, I'll okay. give you that. I'll give you okay. that. 
but not like not amenities and food. Not food and 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 facilities to. That's not an excuse either. You know, we all get top notch, or we all get. I mean, I went to Hampton, and uh, as as I say, I'm probably every every episode. (laughs) I went to Hampton, and I I remember, you know, when it came to food, man. You know, we had a, a, I guess you would call it athletic calf, and yeah, we all got the same. Um, crap food <laughs> together. So you know what I'm saying. If you, if we all get it bad, then hey, okay, I I get it. But yeah, you can't you can't give the men um, uh, you know grade A steak and and give the women mystery Salisbury. Mystery meat. I can't go for that. Man. I can't. That's a problem. That's a real problem. Yeah, that that, that uh, I don't understand. NCAA just and I don't I don't get. I mean, no one from the women's side looked at the men's side and, and you know saw what they were doing. I I mean, even if I if I worked for the NCAA, I would be a little you know ticked off and 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 hey. know, raise some hell about. It. I mean, come on, man. I, dude, I don't know. I don't know people, what people have been trying to solve the mystery of the brains of the NCAA brass forever. No one understands what they do, even even for the men's sports. Like we still are lost at their thought processes. So for them to do this, it's like, what is y'all just? I don't. I don't know. NCAA sports. The NCAA needs to die and just let these all become independent organizations. They, really, they, really, they probably need to start over. Something needs yeah. to happen, man. Because yeah. oh, another I forgot another thing. <laughs> um, the March Madness. Um, um, what do you call it? Uh, the logo. Right. Have you seen the men's the men's center court have the use the the March Madness with the brackets? Okay. The women's center court just has an NCAA logo with women's basketball on it. Why not just share the branding? It's, it's <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you would think it'd be the same thing. Yeah, yeah. The, every <laughs> the, every part of the court looks exactly the same, except for the branding on on uh, or at midcourt. I don't I don't get that. Uh, no, no, no answer. I don't, I don't get, <laughs> I got uh, no response. I mean, I know they're in different places, and I know, you know, from year to year, wherever the Final Four site is, there's a different logo because, or different, you know, uh, you know, based on wherever, whatever city they're in, it, it mm-hmm. may look a little different. But this year, being what it is with COVID, there's no reason why they can't both look the same. Yeah. No well, then I get you know some like I guess they're playing some of their the women are playing some of their games at um, uh, Texas San Antonio, so I, right. I'm assuming because uh, I get maybe they can't pull their court up, so that's why they don't have an NCAA court, so they're using Texas San Antonio's court, so that you see you see UTSA uh, right. logos everywhere. Fine, I, I get that. But somehow in Indianapolis, all the courts are NCAA courts. I don't, you know. Like I said, maybe maybe the facility can't pull the court up. Fine, I, I get that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Sounds like we try to find excuses, but yeah, they just messed up. 
I can't go for that. NCAA, get your get your stuff together, man. Get it together. And um, let's move on to, to to some Bears talk, man. Mm. It's been how a about week. those White Sox? How about those White Sox? <laughs> <laughs> we get to them next week, man. Once they finalize the roster, <laughs> it's been a oh. week. We've been able oh, to sleep on Andy work. Dalton. Uh huh. I I feel a little a little better about it. Not okay. not all the way there. I got a I'm question. Listening. I'll listen to you. What's up? I mean, yeah, we talked about Dawn last week, but then they released Fuller. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. To. Actually, you know that's what? A... I got I, – I understood Fuller. $20 million on the cap. They get to – you know, by, by releasing them, they get to save 11 Okay, I get that. But here's my, here's my issue. For me, it seems that there's no real plan because then they announce – they allowed uh, Keem Hicks to find a trade, mm-hmm. right? And then less than 48 hours later, no, 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 no. Hicks is coming back. We, 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 we messed up on that. Hicks is coming back. <laughs> is there a plan yes. for this roster? I don't I, – it, it doesn't seem man, like it. Man, look, I, I know, Jim, you about to you, – you, you, I, know, I know what's coming on your end. I know. But oh. all, all I'm going to say is I'm sticking to what GM said last week, that I'm just glad dude ain't blow up the franchise because he's on his way out. So right now, the limited things he's done still hasn't put the franchise in a very bad state that, you know what? I'm just ready for. I wish the season started tomorrow, where he couldn't make any more moves, <laughs> and and we get rid of him after this. <laughs> that's where I stand. <laughs> um, the plan is planning without planning, and that's I don't know if you ever saw Into the Dragon, and there's a scene where Bruce Lee at the beginning is on a Chinese junk, and they're traveling to Mr. Han's island. And there's this Australian fighter. And he keeps trying to pick a fight with Bruce. And he's like, show me your fighting style. Bruce is like, fighting style? My style is the art of fighting without fighting. And he convinces this dude to go on this little tiny island off the way so they can fight. Dude gets on a boat. Bruce lets the rope go. And that's the art of fighting without fighting, to outsmart people. And that's what (laughs) Pace is doing. It's the art of planning without planning. He's got something in store. Y'all just can't see it. Just like Bruce Lee. I guess, man. Uh, No. Uh, He is (laughs) clearly, clearly one of the worst general managers we have ever had. He should be fired for just messing up the money, for just not being able to have enough money. How are you going to sign Andy Dalton for not having enough money to sign and, and maintain and keep your Pro Bowl caliber cornerback who's in his prime years? That makes zero sense, especially when Andy Dalton is basically the same guy as Nick Foles, slightly mobile, but basically the same guy. You, you know, Marcus Mariota is just out there. He Marcus Mariota well, took anymore. more. Took, I know he took less money to go back to to uh, Las Vegas. Now I get it, it's Las Vegas, but he took less money to go back. You could have had that dude to be for, a backup, though. I understand. Yes, but you could have right. had him. You could have had him for as much, probably a little bit less than what you're paying Andy Dalton. Or you could have figured out. Uh, some type of uh, incentive-laden uh, contract and, and constructed it that way. 
But these guys are not that creative. You just go give Andy Dalton money, you know, and then with, the, with a chance for Andy Dalton to make more money. There's just incentives enough for Andy Dalton to, to come up where it's a 13 million if he meets all his uh, markers. It, it, it makes no sense, dude, because you have very little money to do anything else. You need offensive linemen. This, I forget which team just signed Sam Tevy. It's like, dude, you could have got Sam Tevy who was playing left tackle. You could move him over to right tackle. He had over like a thousand snaps last year and only gave up one sack. <laughs> That's twice as good as both our guys put together on, on the bookends. You could have had someone like that and not pay him that much money. And there's still people out there. You still got Mitchell Swartz. Mitchell Swartz was having basically close to like a Hall of Fame type caliber career with the Chiefs until he got hurt with the the back situation and the Chiefs let him go. He's still out there. You know, it just, you got guys like uh, Rick Wagner, who was playing for uh, uh, the Packers last year. There are other people out there and he's just, he doesn't have money to sign any of these people. And it's amazing how you see all these other teams. Everyone still got the same salary cap situation. Everybody still got a deal of $182.5 million or whatever it is, something along those lines. Somehow the Buccaneers are able to keep the people that they have. The Giants are out here signing people left and right. I mean, it. The Patriots signed a whole new team. Patriots signed a whole new team. <laughs> and while you're tripping, the Patriots look relatively dangerous. If, 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 if Newton can play a little bit better mm-hmm. and the receivers they have can actually get open, with the two tight ends they have, get back to that system and the defense that they have constructed, don't be shocked if you see the Patriots in the playoffs again next year. Don't be shocked at all. But it's just even Pittsburgh Steelers and many people they had to give up. They were able to sign Juju Schuster Smith back for a, a lark in the song, basically. It's just the Bears just have no creativity. They have no idea how to maintain the players that they do have. And like you said, as there doesn't seem to be a plan, they seem to be just doing things willy nilly. And you know, they, at this point, their desperation is so palpable that almost every outlet digital you know print whatever is shown and it's spoken about how desperate they are based upon trying to do whatever they can to get players and that stuff falling through they still can't get them so now they have egg on their face along with the desperation this is ridiculous man nobody wants to come here now who nope. wants to come here it's a clown who show. wants to come here well they got the kicker they got the kicker here's a messed up thing i'm gonna really mess this is the messed up thing and I was saying this last time, the Bears over the last two years have proven with really bad, inconsistent to bad quarterback play can still go eight and eight. Andy Dalton's actually not that bad. If you give him some little bit of protection, he may be worth two extra victories. The Bears could arguably go 10 and six next year, and we might still have to deal with these fools because they might get a new contract extension. That's what I'm scared of now. That's what I'm terrified of. That's the scary part. Uh, that's the I'm scary serious. part. I'm that, serious. That that could happen. Think that's about the scary that. part. Think about that. But if, just, they, if they protect, if they protect Andy Dalton, dude, if they protect, he can make the throws Mitch Trubisky couldn't make. Exactly. Exactly, and the receivers will be able to catch the ball in motion and not be tackled by the ground. Like they so often were when Trubisky led them either into the the the, the helmets of other defenders or into the, the numbers on the ground because they had to dive to catch every pass. And I don't get it, man, because you got guys like Geno Atkins is still out there, Jarrell Casey's still out there, Kawan Short. 
I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Le'Veon Bell, Tevin Coleman's out there. Duke Johnson, we need a backup running back, dude. Montgomery's not going to last the season the way he runs. And whoever that cat was backing him up is not the answer. Wait, which they, one? They, dude, uh, I, the back, the backup was was uh was uh, well, the backup was was Cone was Patterson. No, no, oh, not right, right. Patterson, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Patterson was a was a was a full starter. No, I'm talking about the the, uh, the Caucasian brother. I can't remember what his name is. Ryan he was Null. kind of the oh. Ryan. No, he was pretty much Montgomery's backup. They no, need this to be better. Ryan Nall Ryan is a is a uh, uh, is a kickoff team guy. Yes, you can do better than that, man. You you, you can get Tevin Coleman. You can get Duke Johnson. You can get Le'Veon Bell, probably for not that much. I just I don't understand what he's doing, man. And it's this draft, dude. I, look, in my mind's eye, you draft an offensive lineman in the first round, second round, if the quarterback is available that has potential to be someone that you can build towards the future. You take that player. If not. You can get a, a linebacker or another wide receiver or a running back or another safety. Something that's another thing too. Every year we go on safety. You know, we we get a new, a new safety every year. Can we get some guy mm-hmm. who's going to stay for two or three years so he can build some continuity with Jackson in the backfield and and in, in, in the back half of the secondary? Is there a situation you can see the Bears taking a quarterback in the first round? No, I can't because they'd have to trade no up to get somebody that's worth being first round enough. For them to want to build around, I you, Mac Jones, he keeps getting these favorable. Look, Mac Jones, I think with everything being right for him, offensive line where he can step into his throws, all that stuff, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. I think Mac Jones gets drafted by the Patriots. To be quite honest with you, mm-hmm. I think he'll be there for the Patriots. And that with that offensive line with the two tight ends they have there with the running backs by committee they have there with the really good defense they have there, Mac Jones, whether it's this year or the beginning of next year, could be someone that takes over bears. I don't think Mac Jones gets to the bears. And after Mac Jones, that's going to be your fifth quarterback that's taken. The next best guy is arguably Trask, Kyle Trask, or maybe Kellen Mond. And those guys are second round to third round picks to me. So no, I don't think there's anybody in the first round. The bears don't have enough cap. You know what? I was just thinking, man, I'm sorry, I'm not going from a tangent, but I could arguably see the Bears somehow getting laden with Sam Darnold. How? If the Jets keep their draft pick, they're probably going to take Zach Wilson. They're not going to keep Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold. They're going to want to trade that away. And I don't know of any other team out there that really wants Sam Donald. I heard of maybe the 49ers, but if I'm the 49ers, I can't think Sam Donald's going to be better than Garoppolo. And Garoppolo and the 49ers may be making trades and move up so they can get uh, either Trey Lance or arguably Justin Field. So I don't think they're looking at Sam Donald. And Sam Donald, the Bears could say, hey, we'll give you Nick Foles as a backup to your Zach Wilson and our first round pick and our whatever, whatever pick, if you give us Sam Darnold. And now you've got Sam Darnold and you've got one year contract for Dalton. Whoever's the best one starts. If it's Darnold, Dalton backs him up. You're okay with that. If it's, if it's, um, if it's, uh, if it's, Red, Dalton. 
if it's Dalton, then Sam fuck Donald, up. right? But Sam Donald <laughs> has a year to, to get better, to learn the system as a young quarterback. Maybe you can build around whatever, whatever. That's how you kind of sell it. But I can arguably see something like that happening. And, and if I'm and if I'm the the Jets, sure, I'll give them to you. I just want more draft capital. I wouldn't. I would. I'll honestly say I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind that. So then who's wait? So who's the starter? Who's the starter for who? The Bears? Yeah. Whoever wins between Sam Donald and Dalton. You would hope Donald Darnold would be the starter. But... You would hope Darnold would be the starter, right? And Dalton backs him up for one year, and then after that, you're out of that contract with Dalton, and you found your franchise quarterback, and you can save your ass because hey, I messed up, but this is really the type of first-round franchise quarterback that I had in mind when we drafted Trubisky originally. Sorry about that one, but I made up for it by getting this guy. So this and, is the, this and, is and the final year of his contract, right? But that's the answer to you. Yeah, I think that – yeah, I don't think that uh, – no, because he was drafting in 2018. So you get four years and, and they pick your fifth-year option. So they had to pick up his option, I think, after this year. Oh, that's what – okay, I got you. But here's the thing. To answer your question, you said, is this a quarterback that the Bears can get with the first-round pick? I'm like, yeah, that, that guy is not coming out of the draft. That guy could be Darnold. Oh, okay. But they have to I decide. This they would have to decide the before the season starts if they're going to pick that fifth-year option. up. Yeah, yeah, but that's you worry about that later. <laughs> you, get, you get the guy first and you worry about that later. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. Actually, no, they'd have this they'd have this year to figure it out. Because he played 2018, 2019, 2020. He only played three years. So he's entering his fourth year here. After this fourth year, you decide if you pick up that fifth year option or not. No, I thought you have to decide. You you have a time during this period to decide. I, right. I don't think with, you, with Trubisky, they decided before the fourth season. So it would be this season. They would have to decide before okay, right. this have season. To decide. On the, right, right. Yeah, but they might do that. Huh. So that that's the one scenario where I see Darnold, you know, all, all the fails that they had, it'll be a draft day decision. I don't think anything like that would – I don't think that would happen before, you know, if it happened like April 28th or April 27th. But I think the week of the draft is when you would see something like that happen, if not on draft day itself. And that's that's pace. I'm making moves, baby. I'm making moves. Which once again <laughs> goes back to there's no plan, no foresight because no very in this situation. There was no reason to sign uh, Dalton at that point. Well, Dalton's your solid backup because you, be you still want to win. You still want to win. And if and if Donald doesn't quite work out, you don't have to pick up his option. You can let it ride. And you're not really out anything per se, other than your job. First round draft pick this year, but you know, I, you know, and you you're, and you're, you maybe put the next guy in a better spot. Maybe, but I'm just saying that's that I could because I could see something like that happening, and and you have two quarterbacks, you get rid of Foles. So you don't have that albatross hanging around you. You get rid of Foles. You keep 
Dalton for a year. And if, you know, if you, if you like what you have with him, maybe you bring him back next year or, or not, it doesn't really matter. But then you have a young guy who's, you know, who, who hasn't even come into his prime yet, who needs a change of scenery, you know, that old trope. So I'm just saying. I like your thinking, which means that it's not going to happen. happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fellas, let's wrap this baby up. That's the end of this edition of the Easy Smoking the GM podcast. Thank you for listening. We greatly appreciate it. We do not take that for granted. Um, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and iHeartRadio, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Um, you can also find us at hp53productions.com. There's a link to our podcast, and as well as the Super Duper podcast hosted by Rob Griggs and the Father Good podcast hosted by Marshall Givens and Kenny Stevenson. Um, yeah, thank, thanks again for listening. Glenn, please take us out. Hey, we're not saying we're right. We just don't think we're wrong. No. Except when it comes to our brackets. Yeah, those are all <laughs> messed up. We'll catch you next week. We're, 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 we're,